ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy Craft. And uh, this is two weeks in a row where I actually was able to make a show happen. So we're back on a roll. We're back to, to normal, hopefully, of getting shows out every week um, if, my, if my kids will allow that. It's been so chaotic. Um, as... Uh, as you're listening to this, um, so last week we didn't do the weekly pint because of the chaos. Uh, hopefully this week we did. I don't know because it's in the future and we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> Either way, we've got a podcast and that's, that's winning in my book. And this is a, this is a really fun one. So I, I guess in a lot of ways, this is kind of like... This is kind of years in the making for us to get down and, and sit and, and, and talk about this project that you guys are uh, in, hopefully, the home stretch of um, uh, Verge Brewing. Um, we first sat down and, and had a talk, and I should have looked at my notes before we actually hit record here. It was like... Pre-pandemic. It was definitely pre-pandemic, <laughs> but I think it was even like a lot pre-pandemic. Like It might have even been like... 2019 maybe does that sound right probably so uh, that's how long this has uh this <laughs> i don't want to, this is taken because it's obviously because of uh things outside of your control uh, mainly pandemic <laughs> <laughs> pandemic <laughs> we, and real estate <laughs> but we are yeah there's and we'll we'll get to kind of this this whole path that uh, you guys have have journeyed on to get here because there's there's a lot to it um but first introduce yourselves tell people uh, who you are and um and what you do or will do at verge when it's up and, and running um yeah. you can start either way uh, my, my name is pete bender and i will be running the day-to-day and doing the finances for the most part. I'm Greg Schmidt. I'll be the head brewer, along with my co-brewer, Phil Didion. Uh, my role would be that, and also pr- trying to get this place open. I'm spending a lot of time <laughs> right now. Priority number one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, all the communication, setting up meetings, making decisions early, mm-hmm. and just trying to get this thing underway. Uh, I mean, so let's let's start with kind of the the the, the history. Uh, well, now let's let's drink a beer first. Uh, we always drink beer on the show because it's a craft beer podcast. We are obviously not drinking your beer because you guys don't have you don't have the brewery yet. It's, it's still in process, but we're at Brink, which um, talking with you guys, big inspiration for you guys. Great beer, uh, great beer. They are kind of that same mindset. They, they're uh, they've been very helpful with us. I mean. The brewing industry, as I'm sure a lot of your uh, listeners know, is like a brotherhood, and we all help each other. And when um, Andrew, who owns Brink here, uh, one of the owners of Brink, when we started talking to him about you know what we we're wanting to do and stuff, uh, he started doing crazy things like showing me his business plan <laughs> or showing him showing me you know some of his uh, his statistics and things, so we could make reasonable assumptions as we were putting our piece together. Um, to, he did, he to, didn't to try to tell you not to do it. <laughs> well, there there was always the well, you know, if you're going to have to do this kind of stuff. Are you sure? But also, you Chad sure? Powers. Okay. I have to also give a kudos out to Chad Powers down at Narrow Path in Loveland. He also was very open with us, and you know, tried us, to helped us with, with the very same. Well, same and, stuff. and I think that, and maybe not. Maybe it's just some of the 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 louder voices that you hear that are kind of negative about it saying that that's a thing that's that's dying in craft beer that it's not really as friendly as it, as it was at one time and 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 maybe there is some of that that I that I've seen but 
for the most part, like everybody from from the tiny places, uh, you know, not, not that Brink is necessarily tiny, but but they are in the grand scheme of things, uh, all the way up to places like Rheingeist and things like that, that are still just so willing to to help other people and to keep that uh, that momentum of the craft beer community just growing and building and evolving and getting better and better and better. Like it still is a thing, um, maybe even more so now post pandemic than before, but. Um, I do want to emphasize that to people that it still is a thing, uh, very much so, and it's it's one of the things that kind of keeps this industry going the way it is. Like that's you don't see other industries like craft beer growing like craft beer and doing the things that craft beer does because of that. You don't see right. other industries with that mm-hmm. camaraderie. Either. No, you're absolutely right, and that always was something that I was really surprised about when we started talking about this. The, their willingness to answer our questions or to clue us into things yeah. that are going to be. Uh, obstacles as we, we move forward. It was it's a, it's it's a wonderful group of people, and we're very proud to be able to um, to to join this group. Did anybody clue you in that there could be a pandemic? <laughs> <laughs> no, but but a funny story. Chad Powers up down at Narrow Path. We came in, and I, I was very proud about something that we had done early mm-hmm. to get things started. And he gives me a free beer, puts it in front of me, and he says, Pete. Imagine you're standing on the mountain you just climbed. Now look in the distance. All of those mountains, that's an up and a down, and you will be very tired by you get to the end, but it's all worth it. Uh, he's, he's definitely one that can speak to that. He's had plenty of mountains in his story, yeah. too. Yes, he has. Um, let's drink a beer. So if anybody knows me, uh, you know that I'm a lager nut, and um, I grabbed the Hellas lager because I don't think that I've ever had this beer before, which is always fun to, to try something that's new. And it's, it's dead on. It's delicious. It's, uh, uh, if anybody doesn't know the difference from Hellas to Pilsner, they're, they're cousins, very closely related, but Pilsner's the hoppier side, Hellas is the maltier side is the way I kind of uh, describe it. And this is delicious. It's perfect for a nice warm evening like this sitting out on the patio. What'd you guys go with? I'm with the old Sam by Muzi. That's oh. their, that's their, oh, uh, yeah. their stout. And that's one of, the, one of their biggest award winners over the years, too. I believe, without pulling up the specific notes, I think that that is the most award-winning beer professionally in, in Cincinnati right now, I believe. Um, it's close with a couple, but I, I think that's it. I'd vote for it. Yeah, I, I'd vote for it. I'd vote for any of these beers, let's be honest. <laughs> and I went with the Brinktoberfest. Another good one. I enjoy Oktoberfest beers, and it's the time of year. I have definitely drank a few of those this year already, um, and I think that it is, uh, it is um, maybe the best year yet for it. Um, Maybe, last year was pretty pretty darn good though, but I. It's, I think it's they got great the crispiness year. in the back end now, which really mm-hmm. makes that beer kind of turn around. Yeah, it really does. It's, I think uh, it finalizes that beer where yeah. they want it. They uh, they're nailing it here, so that's what we're drinking. Um, but let's get to the story here. Let's let's talk how you guys got into this. How did how did you go from normal life to deciding that you want to spend thirty seven years trying to get a brewery open? <laughs> Well, it's not 37 years. <laughs> back about back when my daughter was 22 years old, <laughs> there's a homebrew kit in my garage for the last two years prior, and uh, we never decided to use it. I never never thought there'd be much much sense in using a, a kit like that, due to the fact that it'd be a lot of very time consuming days, very expensive and not very rewarding. So my daughter asked us to try it, and I uh, said no originally, and. Um, 
from there, I thought, well, maybe she just wants to spend some time with Dad. You, you said no just because you thought it was going to be just, just too much Too much, too much effort. effort for too much effort, not a lot of result, and very expensive. So, and, and on top of that, I was working a lot of hours in my retail job at that right. time. I ran retail stores for 25 years, and uh, this is quite a departure for me. So anyway, uh, we started uh, brewing a little bit at home. Of course, we, she brought a friend of hers along, and his name is Phil Diddy. He's one of our, one of our team now. Um, but uh, just like most home brewers that aspire to something more, they, they start, they get their beers in a couple contests, and you know things start taking off a little bit. Of course, we did. And uh, make a long story short, we won 85 medals or 85 awards in a span of three and a half years. How long did it take to to win that first one? First one took about about a year. By the time we really felt confident enough to to put it in to a contest where we felt comfortable. That's 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 impressive. I homebrewed a little bit. I probably for I don't know three or four years maybe, and never really hit that point where I'm like, you know what, this is this is a good beer. <laughs> like, I, was, I drank all of them. Don't get me wrong, but um, to to be able to um, to, to I guess. Uh, find that passion and find that uh, that road to keep kind of improving things and keep kind of dialing it in and then within a year to, to, to nail it to the point where you can you can bring home it was a bronze <laughs> it was a bronze it was one of our it was a double bock so it was kind of an aggressive beer right. first time we did a, a double bock at all we didn't even realize it was a lager beer <laughs> we just thought oh crap we gotta we gotta get this thing cold look at the directions here and we, we cleared out a fridge and everything and then and that, that beer wound up actually doing pretty well. Wasn't the one that meddled, but uh, led us on our way. Was were you getting feedback early on that that the beer was was good? Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the best story I have for that is the first contest we got into was uh, the Braxton, uh, uh, the Hammer, the Hammer Down, yeah, which we wound up later on doing pretty well. We won a Best in Show in 2019. However, um, speaking of Braxton, shout out to Adam Rauchhorst too. Is Ran into at the bar inside <laughs> to tie it all together. So we're at the hammer down, and uh, we got a score of a 36 on a beer, which for those home brewers know that's a pretty good score, and it can, depending on what the category it's in with other beers, it could could, could be a gold, could be a right. fourth place finish or fifth place like it was for us. But we, we I happened to meet Kelly Montgomery that day, and some of the Brink fellows, in a, through the home brewer club, and we were just sitting down talking, and. Um, Kelly says, well, you know, that's, that's a really good score. And he highly encouraged me to keep on going. And that's kind of what led us on our way. That's fun. Uh, again, just bringing it all together, mm-hmm. Brink, and the importance of this place. Um, so you, you, when does that, that light bulb go off that maybe it's something bigger than just hanging out and brewing in the garage with your daughter and, and friends and things like that? When we started walking into places and everybody knew who we were, from a brewing standpoint, from a contest standpoint. Now, along the way, we'd all, all, all five of us, except for, except for Pete's daughter, but all the, all the main people on this, on this team have all, we were all BJC, BJCP certified too. Right. So, uh, as we, as we did that, um, I guess when we, when we took number, we, we tied for the, le- tied for the overall win at uh, Beer and Sweat. Right. That really, you know, we had eight beer, or we had 14 beers in and eight medaled. So that really tells us that we can we can produce a lot of different styles of beers, be highly productive, and a lot of people are going to like those beers. <laughs> what about you, Pete? How how did how did 
I started out about 25 years ago doing this. And my daughter, who's much older now, was like nine or 10 years old. And I saw an article in the paper about it. And then I I didn't think much of it. And then um, when my grandfather passed away, I actually got his bottle capper that he used during Prohibition to make beer. (laughs) And I thought, all right, I need to give this a a try. And I did it and did it as a hobby for a very long time. Then a friend of mine uh, told me about uh, the Lotarian Brewing League, and I got involved there. And from there, got into the BJCP classes and and started um, putting things into contests and and winning on occasion. And um, I guess I won maybe about a doesn't like I said I treated it more like a hobby instead of the passion it became for Greg. But I, I won about ten, uh, about a dozen things, and then I had a beer in 2017 make it to the finals of the national homebrew competition, which I was like, you know, over the moon about about that. But not to be outdone, Greg went the next year and got two in. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's how I started too. Is is that how you guys met originally? Was was through the the Blotarians? Yeah, the Blot- right. So my very first day on in, in, in uh, with the Blotarians was at a was at a, con- a homebrew contest, and the first meaningful conversation I ever I had with anybody there was Pete. Pete walked up and says, "Hi, my name is Pete Bender." <laughs> you know, and we, for them we just started a friendship, and uh, we we both kind of said to each other at some point along the way that, look, if we decide to get serious about this, it's us too. We're going to take it from here. We just kind of fleshed out some of the kind of the, the things that we would stand for. You know, what, what year are we talking here? This is 2018. Thing? Okay. And we just talked about, you know, what do we want our brewery to be? If we're going to do this, where do we, you know, where are the pillars we're going to stand on? And all, the, on all, all those pillars seem to line up with the same thing. Quality first, you know, um, you know be, begin, be, being good stewards of the industry and making sure that we're... Uh, Part of the rising tide, the beer community being, here being in Cincinnati. Part of, being part of the, excuse me, being part of the uh, community that we find ourselves in. Right. When we're ready to go. Yep. Well, let's talk about that part, the community. So, uh, from the first time that I talked about you guys, it was very clear that you wanted to be on the west side in some some regard, somewhere over sure. on the west side. Sure. <laughs> and you know that came out of research, right? Because we were looking. Um, we sat down and we did a map of where all the breweries at the time were in Cincinnati, and sure enough, almost all of them were going up the I-71-75 corridor. Right. And there's this little place over on the on the west side called Delhi that we looked at and we're like, you know, there's a lot of good beer drinkers over there. Um, and we started investigating that and decided the west side would be a, um, a place where we can, you know, right. do have impact. Yeah, don't live over that way. And he lives over that <laughs> way. Makes so it a little easier a little too. Little too. Well, yeah. and it's like we all, uh, you know, even some of us that have breweries fairly close by, like, like, well, we we need more. Like, we can, we can, mm. we need some more. Everybody wants more breweries yeah, in their neighborhoods. We we talk to folks over there, and they're like, well, heck, I have to go downtown or or, or drive a little bit if I want to actually go to a, a tap room. It's interesting. So, so. Uh, the first brewery that opened up on the west side was Tap and Screw, which uh, had its 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 own issues, regardless of of location. Um, it didn't didn't work out, and eventually they split and went east, mm-hmm. and still didn't work out. So that should have been. <laughs> but uh, there was a lot of people at that time that were saying, you know, it's Westsiders don't don't drink craft beer. Like it's it's does it's not going to work over there. You can't have a brewery with with craft beer. People don't want to pay, you know, uh, seven. It was probably not even seven dollars at the time they were having that discussion. But seven dollars a pint for a beer, it's just it can't work. And then Westside Brewery comes in, and they're 
clearly it works. And they're like, look, like we, you know, we're busy. We can't keep up with demand. Uh, and, and they're still now standing over there, kind of waving their arms around, shouting like, hey, we need, we need more. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need some more places to, to help with this yeah. demand over here. And, uh, so in some ways, um, I don't want to say timing is, is working out in your favor, but it's, it's becoming clear that uh, the West Side is... Uh, a place that needs craft beer right now, and mm-hmm. people are um, maybe a little more uh, uh, excited about it, a little more eager to have new places in their neighborhood, understanding what that means. And I, I don't know, but um, yeah, it's well, definitely a craft beer well, desert. A, a so. great example is we've been doing these uh, pop-up tastings, mm-hmm. and our goal is to uh, offer people an opportunity to buy in and you know help us get started. And so we actually did one of those um, in, in Delhi at the Delhi Liquor. And most of our pop-ups will have 30 or 40 people at the most. Right. We go to Delhi, we have almost 200 people. The, the food truck guy ran out of food. By 7 o'clock. By yeah. seven, and we, so we, we felt very, very you know, welcomed well, in, that, in that environment, it's, in, and, in that neighborhood. And I'm sure that that's, that's probably twofold, too, of the fact that people have been aware of this project for, for a while now because of, of you guys <laughs> kicking things into gear right before there's a global pandemic. <laughs> but so obviously people have been hearing about this and sure. the whole time. It's like, Oh, we're going to be over here. This is, this is our, this is our spot. This is where we're going to be. And people are getting excited about that and it's building and it's growing. And, uh, when, you know, there was there was a thing uh, a few years back with with crowdfunding, you know, just Kickstarter and things like that, or Indiegogo or whatever, of, of breweries popping on there and trying to use that to help uh, fund a brewery, which worked really well for a very short period of time, and then people kind of got sick of it and they wanted more, which plays into to, to what you guys have decided to do. But um, the the one positive that was always there was this idea that you can start to build some kind of loyal fan base before your doors are even open. People mm-hmm. fall in love with this idea and they get invested in it, even if it's just a, a, a mental investment. You know, they that's their spot. <laughs> you guys have taken right. that to the next level thanks to some of the uh, the changes that have happened um, in the last... I, I don't know when that... that, that, that like, is it a law? I don't know. <laughs> when, when that when it became possible for anybody to invest in in something like this, uh, with one Wonderfund and other companies like that, that yeah, and that's who we're using. Um, Wonderfund. So you can it's it's crowdfunding, but you are actually um, becoming an actual investor in the business itself. Yeah, you're becoming exactly. an owner. There are different types of investments somebody can seek out. Anything less than right now for us, anything less than ten thousand would be just a standard crowd crowdfunding. Anything over ten thousand dollars would be an equity investment. Right. And they can earn money money back uh, mm-hmm. from that investment for years and years and years. Yeah, it'd be profit sharing. Right. Yeah. But it, it it makes people it, it gives dear. it gives people ownership over that. This is my spot. You know, this is mm-hmm. I helped build this place. This is this is my spot. You know, yeah. and I I think that that is a really really powerful thing, especially in a neighborhood where people uh, and maybe this is maybe it's a myth, but that people kind of stay there when they go out at night and kind of spend their money in their neighborhood. Yeah, even the guy who gives us $100 to help us out. Um, every little bit is going to help us, and we appreciate everybody who does that. But, you know, that guy will they'll come in, they'll bring their friends, and, and, and it's, uh, it's that, that's the kind of, you know, getting together with the community and being part of the community that we really want to do, you know, in addition to some of the other things that we want to right. do. But, you know, that it starts with acceptance and 
um, their willingness to help us get started. And we appreciate it. So when you guys were looking for a location, what were some of the things that uh, that were your requirements for what you were looking for in in a spot, uh, be it neighborhood or be it an actual uh, an actual building? What what is it that you were kind of? We were wanting the ability for our customers, our customer base, to be able to walk up if possible, you know, a neighborhood area. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be the like this the, the third place when they get off work. It's not work, and it's not home. It's this, it's the third place. Right. And we wanted to be to be able to put put the name Verge with something that means something and. What it means to us is like you, when, you, when you get to our front entrance, you cross over this verge or this 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 alcove, and you're, you're truly into something totally different. And that we want to we want to create that a feeling that that when you come to our place, it's it's a it's a departure from everything else. Well, so in my case, I, I assume you guys are going to be family friendly, but in my case, the space where I can go get away from my kids, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can bring them if that's Step what you over. need to do. I kind of want to leave them at home some days. <laughs> I get that. So we got some floors in the back room they can clean. <laughs> you know, they'll burn the building down. You don't want my kids anywhere near there. They're just tiny little terrorists right now. Um, uh, what about, uh, so we, we talked about the West Side, and it's obviously uh, home for you, but what, that community itself, like how do you, um, how do you kind of take this idea of a craft brewery, something that, um, is is maybe not common on the west side, and how do you take that and and, and kind of uh, create this thing that that people can can rally behind and and make it their own? Is does that make any sense as a question? Yeah, I'll answer the best I can. But I guess you know these pop ups that we have. You know, there's been enough people that have had a chance to taste our beer at a time, and you know our beer has been pretty well received most of the time. Uh, if not, I think I'm being a little bit modest, but our beer will be good beer, and we're going to have the humility that if the beer is not that great, if something's going on, we're going to find friends like, like Brink or, or Narrow Path, and we'll we'll get those answers, make sure that beer is 100% the way it should be. We want to we want to be part of the rising tide of right. of the industry, and uh, I think we're just trying to capture people through the fact that we want to be an industry leader. Right. I I'm, I'm excited. Like and and. Again, a big part of that is because there's been this this buildup and this excitement building for for so long, this ball that has started rolling. That I just just so ready to see this come to life. And um, well, we are too. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, this is in, in order to get into this business, you have to have a lot of perseverance, a lot of drive. I think we've got that. But you know, the, the time of the time of the the time of the money when this happened couldn't have been worse. And we also were, were partnered with another real estate group for a while, which didn't pan out. So that was about a year and a half worth of our time that we learned and, growed from, it, and grew from it. But, you know, the, you, the, 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 it led to the place we're at now. Well, that's that's the thing. Like, I, you know, it, if, if that kind of backup hadn't happened, um, it would have put you guys right in the middle of the pandemic of trying to right. get this that's off true. the ground. It would have, like, it... And we would not be in nearly as good there's, a financial situation. And, there's, right and there is something about this excitement building with a little bit of time that that, that is a positive. And like I, I know it doesn't feel like it right now. Well, we but. were disappointed, but that that whole situation, like you're suggesting, it was a blessing in the end that we didn't have to try to start out in a pandemic right. and have all of the challenges uh, above and beyond trying to start a new business, you right. know, having having to deal with. So, in many ways, that 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 helped us. It, it delayed our being able to get where we are now, but. I think we are in a really good place right now. We're ready to move forward. Um, we have the location there on uh, Delhi Pike. Uh, 
4807 Delhi Pike. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to move forward and ready to go. Let's talk about the, the team a little bit and the different the different pieces of your team as far as the people go. And um, what are some of the different uh, strengths that you guys are all bringing to the picture? And what are um, how did you guys um, settle on each other? I guess <laughs> how did you how did you all you know figure We've this out? We've actually got quite a of, diversity uh, of, of, of strengths and, and it's stuff, it's yeah. a very interesting team. Like I. I a lot of times when I see breweries coming up, like it's, um, it's just a couple people. It's like, hey, we both like beer. Let's, let's do this. And um, well, you guys have a very, a very unique kind of mix up of people. Yeah, we've we've on my on my side, we have we have two families that are coming together. Each of each of the families own fifty percent of this business, uh, except for the, the equity investors. But my wife uh, has been in a been a, a uh, she's a physicist who's been working as a chemist in quality control for over thirty years. And she will be the quality control person in our in our business. My my daughter Madison is a works for a local television station, and she's a what's called a videographer. She goes out and shoots the the news as it happens. And uh, my son my son originally didn't really want to be a part of this because he just didn't he wasn't he's not much of a drinker, and he just doesn't really it's not part of his life. Right. However, he saw the family how we are all coming together, and this is, this is going to be something that we're going to do. He wanted to put his stamp on, and he, he decided to come on board. And he's he's made a tremendous difference as far as getting all our financials in shape. He's a uh, an actuary by trade, so he can look at a set of numbers and, and tell you what they mean <laughs> instantly. Yeah. And then, he, and then, he, did, he did great. He, he took over some of those numbers from me, and we got a chance to work together, which made me feel more confident, and, and, and he's really good at it. And he's now taken that and run with it. And um, now that we don't have this hypothetical place, we have some place concrete, and we can start putting some real numbers together. Right. He's been great at putting that kind of stuff together and making sure it all is adding up and, and working well. So yeah. And then the great. last person I want to talk about is Phil Didion. Phil is uh, works for the Cincinnati Choir. He's actually got a uh, Pulitzer. Uh, Pulitzer Prize to his credit, but he uh, he will be my co-brewer, and uh, he's also going to work a little bit in taproom as well. But he's he's worked at Brink a couple of different times, so he's got some experience too. That's exciting. I, I you know, it, and your daughter. Yeah. Oh no no yeah I'm I've been a long time uh, home brewer. Uh, over 25 years worth. We've talked about that a little bit already. And I work in education and I do a lot of media stuff. So, um, you know, lots of photography, lots of, of video production. I spend a lot of time working with social media to do that kind of stuff. And um, my daughter is also into marketing. And uh, she's, she's working at a, a local place for over 10 years doing marketing stuff. She's the one who helped us come up with, you know, the logos and, uh, and all, of, all of that kind of stuff. So in between myself her and Madison, Maddie, uh, are, we think that we've got a really good team doing marketing for us and, you know, doing the social media, which will be our primary way right. you know, of working through, through stuff. Right. And, and we're all, like Greg suggested, all of us are BJCP beer judges. We've got lots of experience tasting a lot of great beer, tasting a lot of bad beer. And because of our training, we all know what it takes to fix those things. Plus, avoid them in the first place and have great 
great beer that we'll that we will definitely have. And the only one that doesn't have a BJCP is my daughter, but I think she kicks it with, the, with her great marketing skills. Right. It's it, it used to be that you could kind of get by with with okay beer if you had some of the other things in place, and I think that that time is is hopefully passed here mm-hmm. in Cincinnati where people are expecting a little more from you. It's when you come out the gate, you have to, you have to be swinging hard because people are, people are smarter about beer. Now people, uh, have better examples around them of things and how they're supposed to be. So, um, it, it's important. <laughs> and also, and also for me, I'm finally getting around to using that business degree that I, <laughs> which I haven't used <laughs> too much. Um, yeah. What are some of the, the, the biggest challenges that you guys have had, uh, pandemic aside, in, in getting all of this up and running? What were some of the things that you encountered that maybe you didn't anticipate that uh, may, may have caught you off guard? Find, finding a place. Yeah, real estate has been the biggest issue for us. You know, when, you, when, you, when you're in this industry or when you, when you pay attention like we have for several years, you hear a lot about some of these sweetheart deals that some other breweries right. may have. They don't exist anymore. I mean, we had, to, we had to fight and claw for everything we could find. And, you know, we eventually hired a real estate broker. That did help a little bit. But, you know, we just have to be very perseverant and, and know what you're looking for and when you're ready for it. Did when they you, build when an you, airport when, in Mount Healthy that I'm not aware of? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> really. But we had to be ready. I mean, we, 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 we found the, the deal that we wanted. It was, it was like we knew it right away. Yeah. I mean, I went home immediately and called everybody else and said, I think we got our deal. Yeah, but we, we had over three or four different places. Once we even settled on Westside, we've had three or four or maybe five places that we, we tried to negotiate with and try to work things out. And there was always just some sticking point that didn't quite make it right. until the place we're going to be now. And um, it was just, it was the right time, it's the right place, right size. And, and the right size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're happy. Um, let's, um, I have some bigger questions that are probably longer conversations before we dive into that. Um, I'm going to need a refill here and it's, so it's a good, good chance to take a quick break and we'll, um, we'll come right back. But with that break, uh, we got to talk about the sponsor support for Cincy Brewcast is brought to you by Manscaped. It's the best in men's below the waist grooming. The products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off free worldwide shipping with the code GNOME at manscaped.com. And if my math is correct, 6 million men, that's 12 million balls. <laughs> the, the the performance package 4.0. Uh, I've 100% been using this to make sure it's a valid product for you. I don't want you guys to spend your hard-earned money on something that doesn't do what it's supposed to do, and it, it, and it does. Uh, inside, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, a pair of performance boxer briefs, and a little travel bag that holds it all for you. Uh, and it all works exactly as you expect it to, uh, maybe even better. Uh, the, the, the trimmer has a little light on it, so if you need to see what you're doing and make sure you don't cut the wrong thing off, that would be bad. Uh, you have a light so you can make sure you don't do that. The, the, the thing that I've been using the most is the little Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer. Um, look, I, I, I'm getting a little older. 
there's some weird hairs sprouting out, out of my ears and nose and things like that and it takes care of them right away um this stuff actually it works good i i, I like manscaped they uh they sponsor the show and we definitely appreciate that um if you want to take care of yourself um go to manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping worldwide code gnome that's g-n-o-m-e at manscaped.com um and and and, and unlock your confidence always use the right tools for the job with manscaped uh, big thanks to them for supporting the show it's much much appreciated by me and my balls cheers <laughs> well done <clears throat> i feel much cleaner down there <laughs> oh, i love manscaped thank you manscaped uh, <laughs> um, let's talk bigger picture kind of stuff so um uh, the, the, as far as manscaping goes, uh, no, we're, we're, we're back to beer. <laughs> back to beer. Um, uh, let's start with just kind of Cincinnati as a whole. You guys have been working on this project for a few years now. Um, what are some of the changes you've seen in the Cincinnati craft beer community? Um, what are the things that maybe maybe get you excited now that weren't before, or vice versa? Well, it seems like you know that we've seen what. Well, a couple ways to kind of beat, if you can, the, the pandemic. You know, we've seen a couple, some of the breweries around town shuffle to change their business model as soon as they can. Oh yeah. And that might be, that might add some food to the fire. Uh, you know, as far as what we may want to do in the future, but it shows that you have to pivot very quickly, and you have to adjust to the trends as as fast as you can, or your business may be lost. You know, and most of these, most of our of our friends out there have done it for their employees first, just so they can keep that team intact, and that's that's a great way to lead through this thing. You got me right as I was taking a big old swig of Mexican <laughs> lager. That's a good beer. Um, is there anything that you've seen that maybe um, today makes you a little more hesitant about craft beer than than you were when this idea first started? Yeah, I think that you know since since it started, there's been a lot of breweries that have gone out. Uh, before we even got even got our chance, so um, I can't put my finger on what those things are individually. But I think real estate is obviously got to be your number one thing. You've got to have a place where you know you can be profitable. You know you can even make those payments month in month, month in month out, and have to find a way to pivot if if your business does go south for a while. Right. If if there's a global pandemic where people can't actually come in anymore, <laughs> <laughs> for instance. <laughs> What, for you guys, uh, this is a question that we used to always ask, and I kind of stopped asking it because I feel like we were getting the same answer a lot, but um, as as this pandemic has rolled through and has, as businesses have changed dramatically, and um, it, it, I, I feel like it's relevant again. What is the measure of success for you guys? Like, what what is the thing that you can look at? You can, at the end of one of the hellish work days that you're in for uh you take a step back and you look at things like this is we we did it like this this is a success i'll take this one because i've been thinking about this every single day you know what i really want to do is to trade in my my nine to five my my 60 hour work week type job for something that i truly believe in where i can i can work during the day and then talk about beer the rest of the evening you know we will definitely be one of the outfits that you can come in and talk to a brewer they're going to love to talk about your beer Maybe maybe educate you a little bit, or, or just have the same energy and fashion as the people coming in to try your beer that you that you do every single day when you go to work. 
I, I miss some of that conversation sometimes where you walk into a tap room and you sit down and, and they've got something on tap that's that's really fun and you try like oh this is this is great this is you know how you know you tell me about the uh, it's a it's a hellas I, I mean it's 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 kind of like Bud Light it's like, whoa, 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 what <laughs> <laughs> like no 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 that's not what I meant that's you know you're, you're missing the point and then the bartender just has no idea what you're talking about and that conversation just stops and like, okay uh, thanks and then you pull out your phone and you get on Facebook and you just kind of you kind of leave we're going to be perfectly happy to um, speak to people and tell them as much as they want to hear about you know the, the great beer how it, how it how it's made, what it's about, its history. We, we, we have all this stuff in our background, and we could go on forever and do lectures. And what we want to do is make sure we're meeting people where they're at with right. this kind of information and, and make sure that they are, they're getting what they need from us to continue to enjoy the beer. And we hope to get someone who will come in regularly and maybe even get adventurous and try some of the other experimental stuff. Well, that's uh, there's yeah. like to me, there's such a big importance that maybe like you walk in and maybe that's that's not even on your mind. You don't you don't care about the discussion. You have you have no desire to learn more about a beer, but you sit down at the bar and the guy next to you does. And so he starts talking with the bartender and they start having this conversation. It's in your ear a little bit. And you're like, what? Like, wait, 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 go back. Like, what are you, what are you guys talking about now? And then, then that, that, that bug is now inside your brain and then it starts consuming. And then you're like, Oh, I, I need to learn more about this. And then you start going around and then it becomes this thing. And we've lost that so many times over and over and over again, that, um, that conversation isn't happening and that bug isn't getting in people's ears. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people who know me know that will not be a stretch. I mean, you know, I ask a lot of questions. I always have, and I, I continue, will continue to do so. Um, but that's how I think that we learn and we share our passion and we keep growing those for other people. The more we learn, the stronger that makes us in the future. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, what about you, Freepy? What's, what's your measure of success for what this can be? I want to see a full tap room of people truly enjoying themselves and their time with friends together. Uh, see, it's a bit of a cop out because you're going to get that as soon as you open your doors. Like it's going to happen. Right. It's, uh, it's. I, I want something bigger. bigger. Well, we, we also we we intend to do things in the community, like maybe uh, some some, mod some modest uh, scholarships for. Uh, the college is just down the street from uh, Mount St. Joe University is down there. We'd like to help support them. We'd like to be able to have other community things that are going on and, and support folks doing doing that kind of stuff, really ingratiating ourselves into the community. Into the, 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 the community right. around And being you. able to help people in, in the things that they're passionate about as well. So. It's There's a big part of what craft beer is, is, is the community side of it. Something that, uh, not that Again, places have have lost that because it's still there, and people do a really good work to becoming part of their community. But um, it almost isn't the priority anymore for a lot of places. And I don't know, not, not to name names or anything, but you know, it's, it becomes. And maybe it's as simple as just people get caught up in the day to day and the uh, uh, the chaos of of trying to run a business and trying to survive during or after a pandemic. <laughs> you know, like it. Um, so I think it becomes, uh, it gets lost a little bit, and and uh, I think, I think it's important to to kind of dive back into that a little a little heavier than what maybe we have been for a while. Um, how 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 big is too big for you guys? So you know, at one time there was. Uh, 
uh, maybe this idea. You know, people watched when Rheingeist opened up and they saw mm-hmm. what they did and how uh, the idea of expansion and what that meant and um, what growth meant. <laughs> and it, clearly, that was a, uh, a, a, a once in a city kind of a thing that can happen. We're never going to see another Rheingeist in Cincinnati. Somebody proved me wrong, but. Um, what 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 is that size that you guys look at and be like this is this is where we're happy and this is where um, this is where we're supposed to be. Well, right now, what we want to do is we want to champion the 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 in, the in tap room sales and really nail that piece and become known as a as a, a excellent place to grab a beer every single time and where it sparks a lot of discussion about the beer. You know, once again. You know, I think what you're what you're driving at is we've lost some of the fun in the industry, uh, but we want we want to be able to to to, to capture the, a feeling that maybe the the we're not even talking about COVID anymore. We can talk about the beer, then we can move on to the next phase. We will we will sell some distribution beers for places that come to us and say that they wanna they right. want to distribute beer. Um, but it's not going to be our number one piece, and probably at least until year two. Yeah, you know, getting our feet under us, and you know, profitability is in the tap room for the most part. Well, yeah. So getting our feet not for under the most us. Part. Yeah, well, no, <laughs> but that's where it is. But getting our feet under us, um, getting a feel for the beers that do the very best, and then those become candidates for potentially distributing maybe to restaurants and other other bars, and then move forward. Then after a, a while of getting into canning, and these these are all like five year plan right. kind of steps that we're talking about not what's going to happen in you know months i mean canning is like a it's important like you, you when you walk mm-hmm. into a store where every beer geek still buys beer in the store like we're all sure. still there and we're filling our fridge and uh, being able to see that beer there and get it and and have it be part of your 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 when you walk home from work and or you get walk in from work and you open the fridge and you grab that beer sure. having that is important but uh you want people in that tap room, and, absolutely, and and trying to find a way to get people in that tap room. Um, maybe distribution and cans kind of play into that a little bit as far as a marketing thing, but um, it's it's a different world now. Well, and, and, and that's why we're really wanting to try to build that third place that Greg talked about. You know, it's not home, it's not work, but it's you know third place you can come in, relax. You get to our door, you're on the verge of being able to relax and have a good time. It's the name, <laughs> and, and you know, and and you know, if you have community things you want to you want to be, we're happy to you know, to to support those kinds of things. I mean, that's that's where we want people to. We want them to be comfortable coming in our front door and relaxing right. with us and having a few beers. We don't, do you, we, we don't want to enter the crowded marketplace of, of just because we have to be there. We right. want to be there because we're ready for it, and we're proud of the beer that we're going to put out to the <laughs> to the public. So, how do you? differentiate yourself in a city like Cincinnati there is there's a lot of good beer happening in the city right now and we are uh, I think um, if if I and granted I'm a little biased if I laid out all of the great beer cities of this country I think we are right up there with with any of them um, how do you come into that and 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 showcase something special well we've we've, we've we've got a few beers that we do that maybe other places haven't tried yet we've uh, we, we do a lot of the English multi beers. Um, uh, for instance, we have a beer called um, the, a Burton Ale. I'm not sure if you're familiar oh, with yeah, what a Burton yeah. Ale is. Yeah. So um, Burton Ale was just something that was brought back to the BJCP standards back in uh, back in '15, I believe. And you know, as we were judging beers, you know, I never saw one come across the table. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like a really cool when you read it. Is it similar to like a, like a pale ale, but like a different? 
No, it's more like a more like a lighter weight, uh, sort of between a wee heavy or maybe a um, a barley, an English barley wine, maybe like a imperial brown. Right. But it has the Burnon-Trent water profile, right. which really makes it have that, that just different different taste. To my knowledge, I mean, nobody's done one yet, but we, we took one to Beer and Sweat. The first time we brewed it, we got a gold with it. So that, that's just that's a different type of beer that we're going to stand for that you may not get anywhere else. Are there any other aspects of uh, of the business that you think that you guys have kind of learned from watching what other people are doing and, and seeing what uh, um, maybe what's working and what's not and, and, and that you think can set you apart? I, I would say the one the one thing that we really you know we've talked about the, the growth model and and how we're gonna we're gonna work that but we don't we we definitely want to grow incre- incrementally and not bite off too much than we can handle now we do have some some buyout clauses in our in our release in our lease uh, agreement that allow us when when our owner retires that we can take advantage of those things right so those are, those are going to be right. some some good um, stepping stones, and you know, of course, we don't want to think about 2.0. We don't even have <laughs> 1.0 <laughs> in right. the ground in. Right. But, but the point of that is that we don't we don't want to grow. You know, put spend two million dollars in a tap room that we that we only produce half of what we can. We want to make sure we're at full capacity or close to full capacity that we can be, so we can pay for those loans and be fiscally responsible. It also mm-hmm. it get it. It will create a stress. Like you will, you, you'll hit that point where you guys are cranking on all cylinders, and you've you've got a full tap room, and uh, it opens up another different type of stress too. You know, and not that's a bad thing, but <laughs> you, well, you want to be busy. It's not necessarily a bad <laughs> but, stress, but. <laughs> But I think that that's the, the the trap that a lot of places have fallen into is that they hit that and they're like, oh man, they're like we you know we we're busy every time we we, we can't get people to like, people walk in and they see a full bar or full tables you know, and then they they leave and they go you know somewhere else and so then that opens up this so we have to we have to find a way to to make more for them we have to make more space or we have to get another space we have to do this and they're trying to 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 meet that demand and then. Uh, and sometimes that shifts and ebbs and flows, and then, then oh no, we have too much space. <laughs> so it's 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 a really hard kind of uh, it's a it's a hard game to play. I think you have to make sure that you're not kept up, swapped up in the in the hoopla. You know that you don't believe your own press clippings, and you just got to make sure that you stay grounded. Yeah. To be, you know, th- thank God we we both have a. Some some people at our houses that make like, around that every single time. Yeah. Remind you that, yeah, bring that, it back that, that reality check is always <laughs> yeah. right there, tapping you Never on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and when you have your whole family working with you, like Pete and I do, that makes a big difference because we're all pulling in the same direction. Right, you're mm-hmm. not you're not coming home at the end of the day and and trying to explain why you just happened to to work worked more hours this week than you were before when you were in the sixty hour week. It, <laughs> and, and it's interesting with having that much. That's not work though. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, and it's interesting having that much perspective that you trust and people feel like they can say things because it's dad or you know right. they're, they're, there's no holding back or not hearing things that you need to be hearing. As the owners, you know, plotting the next course, and we've got a multiplicity of, of things and people there that we. I think we can make. Good, we've so far we've. I think we've made good decisions, partly because we, 
we attempt to come to consensus and mm-hmm. we've got good perspectives and willing to listen to each other and say things that, you know, whether it's, you know, you're not trying right. to hurt, you're not trying to, um, you know, you're not you're not trying to hurt people's feelings, but you're also not going to hold back either. And we we get we get a lot of good discussion about things and really thrash them out. And I think that's the best way to to get a clear path forward as these things come up and they're right in front of us and we can make those decisions. Uh, kind of on a weird little uh, side tangent, has been has it hard for you guys coming into a business with uh, your kids maybe and trying to bring them in and kind of. Being able to listen to them as 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 peers almost versus your kids, uh, and, and granted, I'm coming at this from a very very different perspective with with my kids. They... Well, when we're all together having <laughs> meetings together, my daughter has no problem saying, "Pete, what do you think?" <laughs> Instead, "Hey, Dad." <laughs> it's it's fascinating and that's okay. to me. Like, and I, it's okay. It, it is, but like, I I can't in my head right now. I can't imagine a life where I hit that point where I like I, my my kids are are are. Peers versus versus. Well, they're peers in the brain business, (laughs) (laughs) and we and we try to keep things a little bit separate. I mean, when we have family time, that's family time. When it's beer time, it's beer time. And if we need to go and talk about something, we'll walk away from the other family members and have our quick discussion, and 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 then move back in you know into the family time. So there are boundaries you need to draw on that, Uh, but uh, for the most part, if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with what you need to be doing, that's not hard to do. Uh, man, it's uh, and again, I'm coming at it from such a strange perspective because of how old my kids are. But there's a level of professionalism <laughs> there that your kid has to have before, yeah. So <laughs> you never listen to me. <laughs> uh, it, it can make for some awkward Thanksgiving dinners if you don't have a. <laughs> well, like I said, you need to keep those barriers up. Yeah. My problem is that uh, my kids are not as, as dialed and focused as I am all the time. I'm always always thinking about beer, so they have to remind me that it's family time sometimes. <laughs> I could see that. That's okay. Like, uh, it's uh, I. I, th- I think for me, it's like it's in uh, granted, I'm not speaking to my kids, but like my, my wife or other family members, things like that. Like it's I have to have them kind of disengaged from what I'm doing, because that's the only way to keep get me back into a different thing, because and you I need that to refresh. Yeah, because right. I, I, I'm just so obsessed with all of this stuff all the time that I have to have somebody be like, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like yeah, it's, yeah. You know, it's, that's that's your other thing. You know, <laughs> come back here, be be dad or be whoever for this this little bit. Um, uh, this is I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we were talking about this on or off air, but like I, I don't know that I've heard of a project that has gotten people as excited um, as this is for for a long time, and um, I have I have very high hopes for for what this is going to be. Uh, is there a fear at all that you guys that you've been building all of this hype for people um, that you have a lot to uh, to live up to? Sure, there definitely is. I mean, you know, when when 200 people show up for an event in your neighborhood and they're all talking about your beer and you you set records for your personal records for selling uh, merchandise and stuff, you you do realize the wave has started. But at the the same point, we are stewards of this dream and we are the ones that have to make sure this happens. And we don't take that lightly. You know, um, you talked about what keeps you going. I mean, we've been running on Pure Energy for quite some time. And we're not afraid to keep riding that wave. And, right. it, and it's added a responsibility to, to, to finish this thing and, and get it open for people. It's not just our passion anymore. It's 
you know, we've now we've now got folks who are depending on us to sure. do what we're doing. They, they love the vision we put out there. And we've worked hard to put that vision out there. And we want them to have that vision. And we want them to be able to come back to us when we can get this open and, and enjoy themselves. And, and, you know, all those things we've talked about wanting wanting to do for the community. So. Right. Not only that, I'm, I'm a lifelong West Sider, if anybody hasn't heard by now. <laughs> and I, I am very proud to, to bring some of the you know, some of the best things that we can do into our own community. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to show people. I have I have a couple questions about specifics, but first, uh, what what defines the West Side versus not? Is it as simple as West Side, East Side, or is there this other kind of stuff that starts to fall well, you need a that. passport to, to cross Vine Street. Uh, that's, but, <laughs> but Vine Street, I don't think, is like a good it's representation really either. It's really I can't... I, uh, here's, here's, here's what I think in my head, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. So I think uh, once you go up a hill uh, from, from downtown, uh, on, the, on the west side of town, obviously, that's where you start to enter the west side. Uh, from there, if you get to 275, you're out of the west side. And if you get past 74, you're out of the west side. Is that... That's pretty close. That sounds, sounds reasonable sound, to me. Sounds reasonable. Because yeah. I've, I've heard of people, like, they'll talk, like, okay, so we're at Brink right now. We are kind of technically on the west side if people follow what a lot of people are saying is the west side. And that is that is just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would say we we can annex this part of the, this, this part of the city. Just spray right here. It does just a, this spot. There you go. Just this spot. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, uh, west side, east side. It doesn't matter. We're all Cincinnati in my book. But uh, let's, let's talk specifics. So you guys have a location finally. Uh, address again, 30... 4807. 4807. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Um, how big is the, the building? 3,000 square feet. Um, do you guys know how much of that is going to be dedicated to tap room versus... Uh, About a third of it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're looking to have... We're not, because of some recent changes, uh, we're not sure whether we're going to go five or seven, but hopefully seven, of course. Brew house? Yes. Yeah, seven barrel. Um, and we're looking to... Hopefully, have an extra bright tank so we can do some lagering as well. Ooh, I like I like the sound of that. The west side mm-hmm. lagering. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, uh, is there? Um, I think you just answered every one of my questions that I was going to try to sneak in. Um, is there anything that you want people to know about Verge that you think that they don't know right now? I, I don't think there's a lot they don't know. Yeah, we, we, I mean, we've been pretty good at communicating. And um, and we'll put a link in the show notes to uh, to the website and to, to all of that so people can learn more. Uh, there is something I want them to know, that they can help us get ourselves open by participating in our, uh, you know, in, uh, in with, the Wonder, with, with the crowdfunding with Wonderfund. And um, it's if you're, if you're interested in looking at it and, and seeing where we're at, it's W-U-N-D-E-R-F-U-N-D dot C-O slash Verge. Gotcha. Uh, I don't know why it's I not will, .com, but it's .co. I will put a link to that, too. Yeah. I assume the link is on your website also. The right link now. is on our website uh, but also. I'll, I'll put a direct link in the show notes so you can go and click on that. Um, that's assuming I remember to put these links into the show notes. <laughs> if I don't, send me an email and I'll put them in. Yeah, one more thing I think we'd yeah. be remiss if we didn't talk about is that we will be uh, 50% women-owned mm-hmm. as far as our ownership group. Then we'll be 30, 30, actually more than 30% with my son and a Native American-owned. Yeah. That's my wife is a Native American Indian. Of course, 
my, like, my two kids are too. Right. So there's not a whole lot of Native American brewers. I know. <laughs> Definitely not. Side in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And we certainly have between our <laughs> daughters, and, yeah. between our daughters and wives, we've got you know 50 percent women. Yeah. And, and also, you know, Wonder Fun is, uh, of course, Marvin and Brenica, one of the owners yeah. of uh, Esoteric Brewing, uh, him and Brian and and Patrick, great friends of ours too. I, you know, sorry if we missed them earlier, but uh, they've been a big help as far as lean, being able to lean on them and showing us the path for success. Mm-hmm. What's uh, uh, I just keep coming up with fun little questions here. What's what's your favorite beer that you did not make that you tried in the last month? Hmm. And we can't no brink because we're here. Mm, boy, that's somebody really else. Tough. <laughs> that is really tough because we're, we're 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 tasting a lot of our own beers right. <laughs> to get them. Because we we put out actually Greg and Phil have put quite a nice portfolio of beers together. Uh, that we're, what we've been working on, and we're spending a lot of time tasting and perfecting that stuff. So that's a tough question. For a, <laughs> we can we can if, pass if on it exclude, if you want if to. You exclude <laughs> I feel like it would be because uh, the uh, the excuse always is whatever beers in front of me is always my favorite there beer. And like uh, uh, it really is. I mean, when I when I go to a place like this or any any other brewery, I never drink the same beer more than once. Yeah, that's true. You know, most people, most of us don't, but it allows me to try so many beers. And uh, just, you know, let you know what's out there, what, what, what people are doing. What beer styles do you guys, as far as a drinker, do you gravitate towards? We gravitate towards the malty and the dark. Yeah, um, I prefer uh, English styles. English milds are one of my all-time favorite styles. And porters. I love porters. We have a, 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 a golden, we call gold reckon, which, stand, which means uh, inlaid with gold. It's a uh, lightweight English English ale. It's about four percent alcohol. Ooh. So what we're doing Perfect. right now is we're, you know, we, we've been we, we've been known for a long time that we can we can make you a big gnarly beer, you know, a big a big gnarly uh, Belgian dark strong right. is actually our claim to fame, claim to fame, and we do a, a Russian imperial stout that. that very proud of. It's very good. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting excited. I'm starting. To <laughs> there it is. I mean, you start talking about those beers, and that's what. I, yeah. Anyway, but. Um, we also recognize that uh, there's a need for low gravity, entry level. Well, there's beers. A, there's a huge need, and I like I I I love a big giant imperial stout. I love it so much. But, but you can only drink one. Uh, well, yeah, and then if I'm if I'm driving and I I live kind of northwest of of the city, I live in Fairfield. If I'm driving down to the west side, I'm going to go sit in your tap room. I I, I want to have more than one beer. I don't want to like walk in, drink mm-hmm. a beer, and be like all right. See you guys later, <laughs> and leave because I, I want to sit and I want to I want to I want to try more things. And we so. recognize that, yeah. The sessionable beers Greg's talking about are going to be there, and they're going to be great. I, I wish more they places got that. I, yeah. I could I could make a list of some tap rooms that I've walked into, and you walk in, and you look at the board, and you go, "There is nothing under seven percent," and that <laughs> means I'm only going to be here for one or two beers. If you can make a good four percent beer like that, or even a three and a half percent, and it still has a lot of body and flavor. Oh, yeah. Then you've really done something because you're, you know, you're making that trip worthwhile. That's something memorable. Oh, and, yeah. and you can still get home. Oh, yeah. That's very important. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. Again, I'll put links in the show notes for the website and for Wonderfund and for all that stuff for, so you guys can, can learn more. And if you want to become part of uh, what is uh, on the verge of lighting up the west side of the city, um, you can because... Um, 
I I believe in what this place can be, and I, I hope that that means something. And I hope that uh, you guys are as excited as as I think uh, oh. most of the people that I've I've talked to are. <laughs> We've got no no problem carrying that baton. This is uh, uh-huh. this is this is going to be fun, and um, I, I I can't wait to see those doors open up. Um, thank you guys very much. Oh, um, you're welcome. We'll be back next week. I don't know who we're talking to next week, but I promise. I shouldn't promise because every time I promise, then things don't work out the way they're supposed to. I promise there will be a show next week. <laughs> Even if I have to sit alone in the basement and just drink beer by myself and talk about well, beer, you, you I can will. give us a call and we'll be there. You know, <laughs> we don't want anybody to drink alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. Just nothing but Verge shows for the next six months. <laughs> We're on the Verge, baby. Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft. <laughs> We can always start the night out with a little bit of manscaping, too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>